this is something to say, a continuing conversation of friends of 40 years. I'm Johnny, and... I'm Sky. That's Sky. I'm glad uh, to be. Yeah, two clergy, one retired. That'd be me and the one still working at it. That'd be me. That's, that's Sky. We uh, are grateful for your continued support of our work and the conversations that we're, we're having. Today's conversation is perhaps of a different sort. As we record this just uh, over a week ago, we acknowledge the third anniversary of the death of Reverend Dr. John T. Kilzer, who was my ministry partner at St. John's and creator of The Way. And as many things have occurred over these last years, due to COVID, my retirement, John's death, the nature of The Way as it was in its initial years up until really 2018 uh, has shifted and whatever it is now, which I'm not really sure of, has become something else. But I felt it was important for us to have some conversation about John, about the way, and to have with us one of the beginning musicians of that work, a friend, Steve Selvage, who is a guitarist extraordinaire, plays in the band The Hold Steady. He is a well-known player here in town, and he was very often found on Friday nights in the sanctuary at St. John's at 6 o'clock playing with the Way Band. And that's what we want to do. We, we were able to uh, enlist his time and grateful for it and just kind of process out loud what the way was, where he touched it, and what it means and meant for him through the rear view. Scott, what are you, any thoughts you have about, I mean, we're, we're recording this intro having already had the conversation, so if you want to reflect a little bit on that, or we can hold it to the outro, I don't care. Just a, um, a rich conversation uh, among uh, brothers who labored together and uh, did a thing that was uh, incredible. It was organic. It was uh, unique. And uh, it spoke to a community that desperately needed to hear it. And uh, in the conversation, uh, I am blown away by the, uh, the, the sheer humanity and vulnerability that these were musicians who gathered together, not just for their love for each other, but uh, their love for humanity it was more than a job. It, it was a, it was a, it was communion. It was a fellowship divine. Uh, so uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. I think those of you who are about to hear it are going to enjoy it too. I appreciate that. And I'm, you know, I, I'm mindful of uh, that you were around once in a while. And so it's not like you were unfamiliar with some of this, or at least you got some of it vicariously through me. But for those of you who are listening, we welcome you into this conversation. And when we come back, we'll be joined by Steve Selvage. We're so grateful for all the support that makes Something to Say self-sustaining. And with this shout out, we give it to Tracy. Tracy, we go back a long way. Thank you for your support. That's a deep cut. Thank you for being a part of the Something to Say family. We invite you to show your support for what we're doing and what we hope to continue to do 
through Cash App, it's dollar sign, P-O-D-M-E-M, and on Venmo, at P-O-D-M-E-M, and be sure to list something to say as the beneficiary of your gift. Thank you. Steve, welcome, and I'm grateful for some of your time this afternoon. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, Sky, jump in at any point that you want to say stuff, but you know, I've when you when you're dealing with somebody that I mean, I've got some history with this guy that none of us, either of us, really wanted to yeah. endure, but we did. And as we're thinking about the way and what the way was, uh, the way we were, I suppose, how we share life together with uh, John Kilzer. Steve, share how did the way come to be for you? And your engagement with it, you know, I've I've thought about this a lot. You know, it, it wasn't. It, it started in my memory. It's it was like sort of the cosmos circling, swirling, and that eventually formed into something more solidified, and then blew apart. Right, mm-hmm. right. So my early memories of it are it was just, you know, over the years I've recorded with Kills or done some gigs with them. And Harry Peel, I had been playing with, you know, and yeah. so it was just, I didn't fully know exactly what it was. It was just that Kilzer was like, do you want to do something? And the answer was always yes. You know, if, if John came to me and was like, hey, we're going to make some music. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I, I couldn't even finish a sentence. I'm like, I'm in, whatever. Yeah. Kilzer was a, a guy that I don't know that he ever heard no. Yeah. Particularly also, if he was asking if you wanted to play. Exactly. And yeah. and also typical of Kilzer, like, you know, the description of it was not vague, but it was it was circuitous. And I'm just like, yeah, sure. Uh, what okay, yeah. You know, and so you know, it, it it was just really small because I was used to playing with Harry at like the blue monkey or in clubs, you know. Right. Full drum kit, you know, band kind of thing, you know, filling up two and a half hours worth of, you know, gig time playing music. And this was like, it's, it was just really, really small, really intimate. And it was just Harry on a djembe mm-hmm. who, if people had never heard, Harry was one of the, I mean, he was as much of a djembe player as he was a drummer. He could make so much happen. Tell people what that is, because not all of our audience will know. A djembe is sort of a large African drum. Uh, just you know, y'all y'all can go go to the Google and look it up, and it's uh, <laughs> you've probably seen and heard it, but it's it's a great one drum hand drum for accompaniment. I mean, look, going back to a Kilzer's record that we did, one of my favorite tunes. Harry played, ironically, a cardboard Bud Light box. Um, that was the rhythm track and it's sublime. <laughs> Anyhow, it was just Harry on one single hand drum. And I brought the smallest little amp that I could bring, you know, and just John sitting there in his corner with a guitar and singing. And, you know, so initially it was just like, okay, well, this is a different kind of thing. And then I got into the, the whole aspect of what the way was the recovery service, you know, uh, and, but still I was like coming in and out of town. I mean, so what my memory was, it it was like 2012 that it started. Mm -hmm. Sounds right. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I try to do it by my daughter's years. Um, you know, so like I would kind of, I'd leave town and then kind of come back and it would just be kind of come back to this. And then, you know, and then eventually it was like, well, let's, uh, let's maybe, maybe get the drum kit going, you know, and then like, then the bass player was at it. So it started to grow, but initially it was just this kind of really direct and intimate thing where we, it was almost tender in a way. Um, was it surprising for you to watch the, the John that you had gigged with previously or recorded with in that setting where he is still who he is, but there's a side of him that perhaps you'd not seen before as he's speaking into the language of recovery? Not really. It, it all just inherently made sense to me. He was, ironically, he was just so at ease with it and it was so natural and it flowed so well. Yeah. And, you know, and to be honest, like I had a handful of friends and associates, you know, so this point, like, look, I'm what I would have been 39. So certainly some people that I've known have started their journey into recovery, you know, especially being in the music business, you know, oh, sure. there's landmines all about and everything. So I kind of knew a little bit of the language, but not as much as I eventually did being there every Friday night, almost, you know, I mean, cause it was basically like you're privy to a meeting pretty much, know. but you know, and I used to tell people like, well, what, while I haven't been to a meeting, you know, I, I do know that, this is different than people sitting in a circle under fluorescent lights, drinking bad coffee, (laughs) you know, whatever the, the tropes are, whatever I was like, you know, because, because it was, uh, you know, John speaking and it's just general. I mean, it it was so much of it was just total pure curation Mm -hmm. the way, I mean, from the choosing of the musicians to the choosing of the songs to the um to just to just his vibe and his energy and his spirit but once i got like for me personally like every new gig is just sort of like it starts way like pulled back and focus you know it's very wide angle right and i'm sort of taking in everything and then eventually it sort of narrows in and you and you focus more. And so as I started to focus, you know, I realized kind of, and, and started to get to know the people, you know, at St. John's people that were involved with the way people that were coming to it, you know, all the familiar faces, you know, I, be, I began to feel a part of this community. And then, and then the component came in of when it pretty quickly of, and often it happened like where on the right night, man, we all just floated home. Like, you know, I, I, I would, cause it, it, that was the other thing. It was like, I was used to gigging. If I was gigging on a Friday night, I was, you know, it wasn't until nine 30 that I started complaining about having to leave the house so late. And I go and the gig might start at 10 30 and I'd be home at two or whatever, you know, so like to, to go and play, on a Friday 
and just do a handful of great songs and then just kind of just say hello and then just cruise on back home to be with my family was was nice as well but like but just man when it was when it hit the note man it was like i mean thankfully luckily i've never i haven't had an issue with blood pressure but like it's like i would come home and my bp was just like in such a good place you know i mean like it it just really there was a palpable feeling of of all the things you know spiritual wells being filled and 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 also you know it became a thing where it felt good to know that i was part of something that was helping people especially yeah. once people not only people that i sort of knew or that would reach out to me on social media but like there was one time where i was at a restaurant that was next to like a men's mission or something over a madison and like there were guys there working in the parking lot doing something you know unloading a couch or i don't know whatever it was and the guy recognized me you know this is obviously somebody who was like i in a halfway house or you know this was maybe in mandated recovery or whatever yeah and he recognized me and just thanked me you know and i've just come from eating at a mexican restaurant and i'm just like you know, and, and like he was just the, the genuineness of it. And I could see in his eyes that he was, you know, like that. I mean, and again, I'm just there playing guitar, but like because I was part of it, he recognized me. And 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 it, to, to, to feel that gratitude coming at me was uh, something new rather than just like, dude, that was awesome. Rock, you know, whatever, you know, it was it was a different thing. And so it, it definitely it, it's what made it that special for sure. You know, there are folks there, just to go back for a little bit of history, the, the initial idea for The Way occurred with John and me in the fall of 2008 when I was at St. John's the first time. Right. And just the beginning of conversations and meetings and some initial resistance to it. But John wasn't appointed to St. John's. Uh, it was just the, what if we do a thing? Right. In fact, at the time, the bishop, I don't know if you know this, Steve, the bishop at the time wanted there to be a recovery service on Beale Street, which shows complete unawareness of context. Oh. So, um, and Scott, you know who I'm talking about. So, yeah, that was funded a meant well, but didn't know what the hell he was talking about category. That's exactly right. So right. then I, I get moved in 2009 to Covenant, and Brad comes in behind me, and I think he's, and then that's when John goes to First Church for a year and doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing there either. Right. And then, and then the machinations begin to occur between uh, the Bishop and various other folks who have influence to bring him to St. John's. And I think they worked a year in preparation before the way started. So 2012 sounds about right. Yeah. For a launch. And what I observed, cause I, I was in conversation with him all through that, even though I wasn't at St. John's anymore. But what, and then when I, a couple of times I got to sub for him, that there is a, a sense of, you know, there are those folks who came in town, came, came to St. John's because for an hour, you're going to, there's, it's a, it's a pretty badass set that's about to get played. So yeah. if you're, if you're just coming for the tunes, fine. Yeah. But, but those who, were there because 
they wanted to be, needed to be, or mandated to be. Right. And all of those were uh, equally applicable that there was a genuine, almost disbelief that you're here to do this for us, that, that you're here to be a part of something where we've been told no or, or move out, or especially from a church where the stigma of addiction is still right. way too prevalent than it should be that, no, we, you're, you're, you're the family. This is for you. It's, it's a pretty powerful thing. Scott, yeah. do you, you've, you, when's the first time you came to the way? I think it'd been going about a year. So it was, it was well in, in motion. By the time I saw it, I wasn't there at the beginning. It was about a year before I came to one, I think. Yeah. But did, I mean, it was unlike anything. Totally novel. Uh, not just novel from a historical, liturgical worship point of view, but novel anything I'd ever seen. And I, and I pride myself on having been around a lot of different musical scenes by choice, but never anything like that. It was unique. Steve, I don't know the answer to this. Was there always, at least initially, was there, was there a rotation of musicians? No. no, it was initially it was, well, at first it was me and Harry and, and John, then that was it. I could be wrong about this, but I really feel like Sam Shoup was brought in to play bass to kind of round it out as more of a, just a, a, a traditional combo. Yeah. I think the first time I subbed, cause I was still at covenant at the time, uh, Harry was still playing. So there, yeah. all, all was still right with the world there. Yeah. Uh, and Sam was on bass, and I, I can't remember if you were on guitar or if Paul was on guitar, it was one of the two of you all. Right. I mean, it, it took a while. I mean, there was a good couple of years, I think. I mean, I would have to go back and see if there's any like Facebook posts, but I mean, there was a good couple of years before other people started coming in. Yeah. You know, um, but then again, I was in and out of town. So I think what it became a matter of like calling in subs and then the, whoever was subbing was like, I want to do this gig. I'll do it anytime. And then it was like, here again, too, like <laughs> we talked about it. I never had a, a, a quote unquote church gig. So I, right. did, I didn't know anything, any have any kind of uh, context in that regard. But no, it, having played in church now, John shielded us from all <laughs> church politics. I mean, I kind of had an inkling that like, sure that there were struggles, but like, I had no idea until John was gone, the amount of things that were going on, but, you know, but all that to speak to, I wasn't privy to the decisions of like, Hey, let's start bringing these other people in or, or, you know, or whatever. I just know that it kept getting bigger and bigger. I can only assume, um, well, you know him, we, we all knew him and loved him. John did not do what John did not want to do. So Absolutely. any decision to expand or diversify was solely his. Right. 
but I also feel like maybe John also didn't like, I know that John also didn't like to give a hard no. Like this is also true. And, it was, and it's always a passive aggressive. No, so if, if there's, especially if somebody is a friend and they're like, I want to be a part of this. Yeah, man, we'll figure it out. I mean, it was like a flock. It was like, I'm sure it, that's right. You know, he was going to take them in, you know? So by the time I get back to St. John's in 14, it's, it's right. a full. So yeah. It's so, a full band. Yeah. And it, there's a rotation of some musicians in town who were devoted to it, cared about it. Yeah. You'd get some who'd come in every now and again. And it was pretty clear, at least when I played with them, that they weren't sure what, the, what it was they had said yes to. Right. Yeah. It's okay. It's interesting because there were, there were certain occasions where, you know, that people that I had played with scaled great heights with, you know, on gigs and, it would come in and I just figured like, well, this is a no brainer. Like we we're always playing together and, you know, but what I didn't realize was that like that I had been there for long enough to where I was comfortable in it. And I was just sitting in my chair, literally in my chair, you know, like, Hey, like I was going to do this, but I could see them being like trying to do the math and like figure out where to be and like physically being like, cause it's not, it's not a stage at a bar. And, and it's, you know, like, I think, one thing that John was able to dispel was that sort of heaviness of recovery and also the inside outside aspect, you know, of like people, you know, I think people that maybe that, you know, weren't sober or in recovery or whatever, or like they get weird, they can get weird around the program. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think some people might've thought that like, they're, we're going to get you in there and then, you know, turn you to Jesus when you're not looking or something, you know, exactly. Or, well, yeah. Like, or like, like, like people were, especially in a lot of ways, musicians of a certain stripe are like really wary of indoctrination, you know, um, like, and whereas, you know, what they didn't really realize is just that, you know, we were here. There's some creative genius though and and i don't want to i want to for those that are listening uh steve uh has a very a nice dossier where music concerned stuff that you did with the hold steady i mean there's themes of redemption and oh and, yeah and religion and and so don't you i mean I, john john knew what he was doing when he 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 knew what he liked. He knew that you already kind of had that theme oh, yeah, yeah. through you. What about the other musicians that maybe didn't come from there? What was the draw? I can't speak for them, but uh, my thought would be for the people that really, and I, and I know because I have spoken to some friends, you know, it was just, I mean, there's, you're just sort of your baseline as a, as a musician. Like you're looking for, it's funny if you sort of parse it in sort of recovery terms, when something is magical and you achieve liftoff, you're going to chase that dragon for the rest of your life. It's, I mean, it's, it's like a high, like no other, and you're, you're after it and you get agitated when somebody 
is in the way of of that happening. And you hope for that. To, it doesn't always happen, but you hope for that to happen. That well, I, I know that when I would come and I would watch y'all interact, y'all right. being the the musicians, I could tell. Yeah. It it was it was working. I mean, you know, it's multifaceted. Sometimes it was just a hot night, you know, yeah. and it was just like, but, but I think at its best, it wasn't just that we were cooking because we play together all the time and we have you know shorthand. It was because of that. It was because of where where John was at that particular night. I mean. You know, that was, I think that was a big part of it. Yeah. I mean, there was a, there was a sine wave in terms of where, you know, all all of us, you know, everybody's like that. You're you're not a hundred percent, you're not burning hot all the time, you know, and not that John phoned it in, but like, and then just the feeling coming back from the people in the pews and, and, and knowing that you were getting somewhere special that's, that's not better, but different. Than just a, you know, we're all here in the club and we like, that's great. And, and I've had some spiritual moments in venues for sure, you know, and just a regular rock and roll gig, but it was, you know, so I think the people that experienced that magic sort of trifecta, if you will, and were, and were open to it, they knew. And so they, they were like, yeah, I, I want, I, I mean, it's, it's just, it's that, was, that was the compelling draw to me yeah. and yeah. I didn't have we all have recovery issues I wasn't struggling with what other folks were struggling with in there but I felt like yeah but they get what struggle means yeah I mean and yeah for sure I mean look not for nothing but I mean if it started in 2012 my dad got sick that year and he was dead in 2013 you know and that was, I mean, and Kilzer spoke at his funeral and, and he played the memorial and it was like, you know, I mean, and so that community was a big part of my trying to put myself together from that loss, you know? Right. Um, so for me is, I mean, obviously in many different ways, it was, you know, something, you know, and, and I can only speak from where I was sitting yeah, because and it because it's it's different when when you're on that side of the glass so to speak i never heard specifically but some sort of word must have gotten out it was what you would call technically an easy gig because you're not there for a long time you're you're done early there's other gigs that paid better you know but i mean also i mean it was like these are all working musicians professionals i think that was i have to tread lightly here but i think sometimes in certain situations I don't know if necessarily just with the church, but like you get people that are enthusiasts and might play, but have never done it as they're living. And there's, there's just a difference. Yes. I understand that very well. <laughs> and, um, and I'm not speaking about you, Johnny, no, um, you've got, you've got experience, but um, I mean, it, it, it wasn't just, you know, like kind of just like the, 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 whatever band, I mean, you had, you had some, People that put in there was it ten thousand hours, hundred thousand hours? What's the phrase? Uh, anyway, um, no. Look, listen. I, I, I know exactly. I'm, I'm a, I was a preacher who could sing 
and I learned to strum a few chords on the guitar when I was leading youth groups. That that's that's about it. And so when John says, "Hey man, I I got to be I'm at the Bluebird this weekend. Come play." Yeah. I'm like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> what? And he goes, I, I, I said, what do I do? And he goes, well, pick out two or three songs, figure out what key it's in, send folks a YouTube or something. Right. And show up uh, at five. And, and I'm okay. It was, yeah, there is something. Well, for me, you know, I'm, to front a band uh, lives kind of in the, the recesses of one's rock and roll fantasies, such sure. as they are. So, I'm like, oh wow, that's very cool, but man, the intimidation factor was huge. Well, and what I yeah. learned, I learned it more when I came back, when I was more a part of the life of the community. Even if I wasn't playing, I was in the house. Uh-huh. That there, the, the graciousness of musicians, uh, and then when he would have me fold in every now and again, it was clear to me where the care that musicians have for each other for John and simultaneously the disdain for those who showed up and weren't ready. And that that's just the way life is. Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, you never like, if you saw somebody walking in like this, that's like, not a good oh, sign. <laughs> oh no. And then happened, yeah. you know, and well, and I can't imagine it because, well, I can't because I had to do it a couple of times as well. It's like, it's one thing. It's just like, Hey, Steve's on tour. Uh, Jim Duckworth, can you come and play? Yeah, well, that's just like take one Lego out and put another Lego. Exactly. In. Yeah. But it's just like, hey, John Kilzer is not going to be here. Can you come and sit in his chair and do his thing and speak? And it's just like, bah, what? You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, I never spoke, but like, you know, yeah. I mean, it's and, well, and that's another thing too is like what people may or not realize is like there's such a massive difference between like playing an instrument and opening your mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, because like there's a direct connection from. I mean, it's just it's just different. It's just you're much more vulnerable. You know, um, so yeah, to to sing and and do that and yeah, I mean, and that was I think as the rotation. I mean, because I I think the how it you know started was just that it was us, but then you know I just had to go out of town, and so it's like well, once you start subbing somebody out and it gets a little bit more interchangeable. And I think with also with, I think people wanted to be a part of it. It kind of grew that way. And, but yeah, it, there was it, a, um, I can remember for a while, there was like, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 musicians that yeah. at some interval were being rotated in and out. It was pretty um, unruly after yeah. a while. And, and, you know, it's like, the thing is, is like that kind of, you know, boggle, bubble like that can it's 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 all probability so it can create for some kind of amazing things and then sometimes not as amazing as you would like you know i mean there are certain not and it doesn't speak to the caliber of the players it's just chemistry that's you know? right it but yeah i mean it was it was definitely different i mean again you know i was in and out of town a lot and i was dealing with you know my dad passing and also uh the birth of my son which was who as Prader-Willi syndrome. And, um, that was a, a big thing, a big moment to deal with, but, um, sure. But I remember being like, wow, I just didn't play the way at all this month. And, mm-hmm. and it still happened. I'm like, that's fine. I mean, I've, I've, I've grown accustomed. I, I know very well that like 
when you leave, whatever world you left does not cease to move without you as much as you think it might. It's, yeah, I, I learned yeah. that myself. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, if you look, if we're talking about the arc of it, for me personally, it was like there was just, there were, when it got big, it wasn't necessarily new faces because it was a community of musicians and we all knew each other, you know. But then I started sensing a change in administration, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I don't know. I mean, this gets into dicey territory, but you know, just go where it needs to go. And my my timeline, it it may or may not be accurate with both with memory and and what information I had, you know, but like, obviously at some point, John was starting to struggle with something. And I don't know how much of that was concurrent with, I know that I know, I do know this, that John became weary of the rotation for various reasons, you know? Yes. And, And, And again, there was a couple of times where I didn't feel, again, I didn't have issue with the caliber or the musicianship I respected. I did not disrespect anybody that I played with whatsoever, but there were certain combinations that the the chemistry wasn't there as much. And, And I don't know if like this is being too attached, but, but because I was so close to that gig, having being, you know, quote unquote founding member. And because like I said before, when you find that magic, it's hard to be patient when there's a, any kind of force that's making this prohibiting that magic from happening. Sure. It's precious to you, you know? Absolutely. Um, and it, it did meant a lot to me, you know? And so to, it, I was the, I remember, you know, the first time that I kind of came home was like, that wasn't what it usually is. Or like, I was rattled. It wasn't necessarily bad. I don't think it was ever a train wreck. I mean, there was a couple of times where somebody obviously just didn't know the song and, yeah, you know, um, because that's the thing we moved really quickly. As you found out, it was like, you know, it was just, you had homework during the week, you know, here's the three or four songs. You go over the songs, run them down once, and then hang out, you know, talk for a bit, get up there, play them, and, you know, and, and everybody's it's go time, you That's know? Right. So, I mean, it wasn't like, oh, well, you know, it's like, it wasn't like, we're going to play it a bunch of times. I'll know it by the time, you know, it's like musicians can be lazy. Um, Preachers so, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, well, and like, I, I remember the first time that I saw you preach, I was like, that's it. That's, you know, there's the, there's the 10,000 hours right there. That's Mm -hmm. like the, the natural, I don't don't, don't know if I can use the word talent in the, um, in, in the church, but, um, but yeah. And so with the idea that nothing lasts forever, um, it was, you know, things inevitably change and and you could feel them changing. And I wasn't privy to all the reasons that things were changing initially, but I could feel that, you know, something was different. I think we all could. And yet in the fall of 18, the scars album, y'all were about to do some work with that. Uh I don't know if you were, you had gigs or whatever. There was some stuff and he, I think he wanted the 
house band, which became the language he, he started to use around that, was that set group, which makes sense when you when he described it. Yeah. And then when he's telling me, you know, I, you know, I've had a couple of run-ins with some folks, and I'm like, well, I know what that means to have a run-in with John. Yeah. So it's like, and it's his ministry. I wasn't. You couldn't micromanage him anyway. I never did. I just kind of sat with him and, you know, I'd guide or I'd say, I don't know about that. But John typically got what John wanted in those yeah. those settings. I've looked back on this a lot. And as we record this, we are just over three years yeah. since John died. And I have, I have thought, man, there were breadcrumbs. Right. Four months. Yeah. That I didn't, I think I saw them. I just didn't appropriately or correctly yeah, attribute a meaning to them. I mean, looking back, there was a whole damn loaf in that studio. I mean, when we recorded that record, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, and so I remember it had just gotten, I, I feel like it was spread thin. Yeah. The whole thing with, with the rotation and, and I'd heard some rumblings, you know, of, of things, but I, I just, um, and, and so God, it's, it's hard to, it, why well, it really blew apart. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to piece the timeline together now because I just, you know, you just, your brain sort of protects itself, but, um, I remember, yeah, because we cut the record and it was Dave and Potts and, and me and and KC and you know, I like I felt like yeah, I want to get back to that because I mean not for nothing, but I I've been there personally since the very beginning. Sure, you know, and, and we and and like we lost Harry, you know, yeah. um. I mean, we lost Harry before Harry passed. That's right. It wasn't until John Hampton passed. I didn't, and Harry and John Kilzard had a falling out, mm -hmm. and I didn't get into it. I, I didn't. I'd heard some things, but I, you know, I wasn't going to pry. It wasn't my whatever. I mean, I know how pigheaded both of those dudes could be, and so I was like, John asked me, if I would, you know, it's like it's the way band. We're here. We're set up. And we're going to do John service. Like, yeah. And then I looked up and I, I got loaded in and then there was Harry behind a drum kit. You could have knocked me over with a feather and man, my God, the depth of what he played, the groove that we were in to send, to sing Hampton home, mm -hmm. man. I mean, that's, that's it right there. That's the the core, like the fundamental germ of why we were there was the ability to turn that on. You know, it's remarkable if you think about it, that room. Yeah. The energy that room held in in too many to count occurrences. You talk about the magic. Mm -hmm. where it it it's palpable you don't you're not sure how it happened and you're not you're not sure you want to leave it but no it, it's right there and it's, it's, really, it's and i and i watched you do it 
I watched you go to another place, like yeah. if you're playing Purple Rain or whatever. It's like, well, here, there he goes. And you can just kind of watch him, watch him yeah. kind of drift man, away. I work through some stuff, man. I mean, I, you know, not to be selfish about it, but there were times where it was just like, I got to check out here for a minute and I, I need to. I need to connect to something a little bit more spiritual. I need to find my main line. And, and that was when I would go off like that, it was like, I mean, and there's times I'm not saying that like what I was playing was so bitching. It moved me to tears. It was just that like, <laughs> I was just like opening myself up and asking for help. The only way I knew how for what, with what I was struggling with. I think the room gives in that space, in that time, if you're willing, yeah. and what, what you made yourself was willing to go where, wherever you needed to go. Yeah. And the room held it, honored it, blessed it. Well, I mean, just so the sound I, of it. The, I mean, yeah. and I'm a firm believer of the combination of like straight up physics and spirituality. I mean, you know, I'm here in my studio and I love it when other people come in and do something because it's just like, it just, it permeates the walls, it fills it up, and then it just the walls give it back to you, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, when we rehearsed for Kilzer's service, we rehearsed here. We did. And, I mean, you know, had Kirk Whalem playing. and it What? This sound is filling my room? To have Reba and Susan singing at full voice in this room? Come on. Like, it's it just like. You could just see it. You could just see it. I went know. back and watched that service not long ago because it still lives on. It's, yeah, it pops up channel, in my memories. Channel 5's uh, yeah. Facebook stuff. We all would have preferred it be mic'd differently, but it still <laughs> captures a pretty um, <laughs> magical moment. And for me, when Kirk gets up to start to play what the world yeah. means and, and stops – I, I I still cry when I say yeah. that. Um, <laughs> Bless his heart, Casey tried, man. <laughs> he was trying to keep him together. That was. <laughs> oh, we all were. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, I mean, going back, like it, I, I just thought, you know, for a minute there, like, well, I mean, obviously. I understood how people were upset to not do the gig again. And I was like, well, look, man, I mean, there's going to be some subs here and there. It's not like you'll ever never do it again, but I felt like it needed to kind of, and I felt like people were pushing John around a little bit of what they wanted versus what he wanted. Yeah. I think there's some truth to that. I have thought though, too, that there was a season whenever it was, you guys cut that record. Between that and its release, he was intentionally drawing the circle tighter. Yeah. And while there's truth, I think that the whole host of musicians had become unruly at times, unless you got the right four or three. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh, it's going to be hot tonight. And you know yep. that before it even starts. Yep. That I think both can be true. But there was a sense in which what I've, when I think about John and I, I continue to process, probably always will, uh, those last months, that there was some hiding in plain sight of what was going on with him. And, you know, he never gave up anything. I mean, mm -hmm. there were times, even when he would come and talk with me, 
about stuff going on, he'd give me a little bit of a story that was really this big. Yeah. And, and you know, I wasn't trying to make him say anything. I just wanted him to feel safe to say whatever he needed to say. Our conversation with Steve ran long, so we've broken it up into two parts. This ends part one. Join us next time as we pick up where the way band carries on in the wake of John's death to carry forward the mission and ministry of the way, how we care for one another and were support for one another through an incredibly difficult time. As we leave this episode, I share with you a special gift. I had the benefit of sitting in the sanctuary of St. John's for many years to hear and feel the energy in the room that happens when John gathered with his musicians and he invited people into the family of recovery just by being present. And every session of the way started like this. Enjoy, and we'll see you next time on Something to Say, powered by Pot Otter. Well, I guess there is something you could do. I guess you can go, no, I'm not going to let you love me. You can't love me, but we'll love you anyway. I'm not going to let your love get to me, but it's already gotten to you. So just let it grab hope to you. Thank you.